Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's happening? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. I warn you, the ceiling fan is on because it is stuffy and warm in Los Angeles. Uh, it was about 88 over the weekend, 95 sometimes. It was also 91 occasionally. Sometimes it was 84. <laughs> Here's the weather report with me. Sometimes it's going to be 84. Sometimes it'll be 81. Eventually, it'll be 71. And get this soon. No, maybe not soon. Probably like five months from now, it's going to be 51. Good Lord, Los Angeles, your weather is all over the place. Uh, And I'm just the meteorologist to break it down to you. I'm the guy who's going to bring you all of those random numbers and tell you, you know what? It's going to be 40 at some point. Well, not 40. You'd have to be in the in the mountains for it to be 40. Well, not in the mountains. I mean, in the lower valleys. I, again, I'm not, I'm not fucking Flip Spiceland. Who the fuck am I? Dallas Rains? One of those idiots? I'm not. I'm not John Coleman. I'm not, uh, I can't remember the guy from CBS in Chicago, but that's uh, Harry Volkman. That's who I always think of. Uh, and that's not to be confused with Harry Schmerler, your singing Ford dealer, who is rockabye your baby. There's a uh, YouTube account called Museum of Chicago Television, and I can't stop looking at it. Uh, not that I need any reason to avoid work, but but I will go ahead and do a deep dive on there. As I've mentioned before, I watch whole newscasts from the 80s because it reminds me of being in uh, in that place, in that nostalgic time in my life. Uh, they have a whole episode of Starsky and Hutch they just put up. They're putting up... Uh, Pilots of the Harvey Corman show from the from the seventies. Good lord. I and I lose myself like Eminem with vomit on my sweater and mom spaghetti all over me for fuck's sake. But I sit there and I stare and I think about what it was like to be young because youth has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you're aware of that. Youth youth I closed the doors and I locked the windows and I thought, you know what, eventually I'm gonna keep youth and trap it in here. No, man, youth found a fireplace. Youth found a way to slip out through the vent and it has run for the hills and sprinted and left me behind a shell of myself, just merely an old person looking and wondering and waiting and thinking and, and throbbing in the heart, realizing that I'll never be a young person again. And, uh, man, does that hit you hard? It drops, it drops on you like a goddamn mallet, but we're not here to discuss that. 
we're not here to discuss the uh, midlife crisis that I've been in that's been going on for six years or eight years. Six? Well, let, me get, let me do the math. In about six years, I would say. Uh, when all those uh, times you sat and you thought to yourself, you're like, wow, I, you know, I'm never going to do that again. And then this is never going to happen again. And then you see young people and you're like, oh, man, why don't I just drink their blood? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Because that, that, that'll revive you right up, correct? If movies have taught me anything, it's to drink the blood of the young because it'll keep me young. Uh, and, and God knows I need to be kept young. Don't you think I should be kept young at all costs? I can't drift into old age. I can't be walking around in clam diggers and, and, uh, and fucking Crocs. Oh man. I see people I respect wearing Crocs on social media now. And they're like, Oh, I'm part of the cult now. Yeah. I gave myself over. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're just old an old person because I, I Crocs never No, absolutely not. I don't even like wearing slippers around the house. I told you they make you a pussy. You're fucking shuffling here and there. Uh, and I'm a shoe whore, man. I am nothing if not a shoe whore. I, uh, I look, <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't spend any money during the pandemic who did, right. You're just hunkered down trying to figure out how you're going to survive. Uh, but then I, I decided to loosen up a little bit and I spent, I spent some money. Uh, well, first of all, I'll tell you this. I don't even know if I mentioned this on the show yet or not, but folks, I, uh, I bought a television set. I know you're saying to yourself, well, Mike, you don't even have uh, you don't even have TV like you don't even have uh, like a cable provider after Pat Francis came over and ran over your direct TV cord with a lawnmower. There's nobody who brings you television. Well, you're correct. But, you know, there are also all sorts of streaming services. I don't know if you are. There's a there's a Netflix and there's an Amazon Prime and then there's a Disney Plus and uh, Hulu. I found out I have Hulu through Spotify. But Hulu has commercials, which is a drag. I don't want to fucking hear about your floor cleaner. Jesus, fuck. You would think now, what is it? It's 2021. Get rid of fucking commercials. Who's watching those and going, yes, I must buy them. But I will tell you this. It's always a weird entry into that world for me when I have to see commercials because I watch sports. Uh, you know, I have ESPN Plus. So I'll watch ESPN Plus. I watch all the UFC fights, right? So you have to see the commercials on there. And uh, and holy fuck, here's here's something I will, <laughs> I will share with you. Perhaps you've noticed this yourself. I don't know... Uh, Look, the percentages have been off for quite a long time. There's no doubt about this, but I think they've overcorrected just a bit in that I cannot believe that there are this many interracial couples in the world. I, I Maybe there are. I don't know. But every commercial I see now, uh, it, it is an interracial couple or a, and a lovely gay couple who are there arguing over the carpet cleaner. And, and the message they're driving home is, uh, look, uh, whether you're an interracial couple or whether you're a, a fancy gay couple or you're a couple of ladies who live together who might love one another, uh, it doesn't matter. You're all going to look stupid for margarine. That's the message I get. Because uh, you would think inherently that maybe the gay people would be cooler or more stylish. Nope. They're there stepping on their dicks over whatever fucking shoe is being offered or Buster Browns or, uh, oh my God, I can't believe this coffee blend. Look at these beans. Isn't it great, Ralph? Uh, and Ralph's like, yes. By the way, there's never been a gay guy named Ralph in, a, in, in anywhere in the world. Never once. Not once. Because if, if you're just named Ralph, there's something, there's a zygote that just goes, oh, better zap this guy, make sure he doesn't turn gay. Because there's you, if you're a Ralph, if you're a gay Ralph, you will never be picked up. And I don't presume to know a whole lot about that community and that lifestyle, but I do know this. Uh, they're fabulous. 
and the, the name Ralph is absolutely not fabulous. If anything, it is a uh, it hits the ear like a mortar. It just it is just a tin eared noise. You're just like ah, ye, I don't Ralph. Jesus fuck. Uh, anytime your name has become a synonym for vomiting, you you absolutely don't want to go ahead and in public and and try to get dates because that that's when you start shorting your name. You gotta hope like your middle name is like Philip, so you can be like RP. Hey, what's up, RP? Because if you're Ralph Phillip, everybody's like, that sounds fucking aggressively bad. Uh, and I mean, I look, I don't think there's a lot of Ralphs that, you know, ladies aren't even like, I love the name Ralph. Nobody out there loves the name Ralph. Isn't he the, a Muppet? Isn't there a Muppet named Ralph? Am I wrong? He's a dog? Or is he Ralph? He might be Ralph because like, like Ralph, but a rough. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm sure one of you Muppet people will write me because how many, how many fucking people are Muppet people? I, I didn't. Look, man, the Muppets were on. They were on at 6.30 every Saturday night, and that was fine, and I didn't care. And uh, and it was just the Muppets having fun and doing whatever they did. And, and, and But now, the Muppet show has been re-released in some capacity, from what I understand. And I only know this because social media, people went fucking insane. Like, there are, there are people, I, like people I know, people that I, I've been in a foxhole with. There's people I've had a bar fight with. There's someone I've actually seen bleed who texted, or not texted, but they posted about how much they love Gonzo. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. I, I saw your tooth get pushed through your lip. And you're telling me that you like the, the chicken Muppet or whatever the fuck he is, right? He's got that, he's got that big fucking, uh, he's got a dick nose and he's all fucking blue and weird. And he, and I, he'd write, he either loves chickens like he has a fetish for them or he's terrified of them. I can't remember exactly what it is. Because again, I didn't uh, put on a jeweler's loop and study the fuck out of the goddamn Muppet show. It was Muppets, it's puppets, whatever the fuck. It's guys and hands. And then it's, someone's got a sock on and like, hey, now do I like the Swedish chef? Certainly I find him entertaining. Do I think the band was fine? Yes, I don't mind a Dr. T. I, I enjoy an animal. He's an interesting character. Do I like uh, Janice? Yes, of course. Do I like the blue weird guy who plays sax? Of course. Everybody likes him. We like the band. I, you know who I hate? Fozzie Bear. I'm not even joking. If Fozzie Bear was here right now, I'd kick him right in the felt. I would I would kick him right in his fuzzy cotton balls because fuck you with your uh, waka waka bullshit and your dumb hat and your bad fucking jokes. Even as a kid, didn't like him. Thought he was corny. I'm like this, you know. You know what I said? I said this fucking felt bear is corny. And everybody's like, "What the fuck? You're talking about our goddamn man Fozzie?" And I'm like, "No, sir. That is one corny fucking fuzzy bear." And uh, and then that's where I parted ways with some of my friends. I, I won't lie. I've I've destroyed relationships <laughs> over the Muppets. <laughs> now I don't want to sound like I hate them. I mean, I don't hate them. They're fine. I don't care. And as you know. I've drawn this weird, I, I've tried to be open-minded as i gotten older to be in like, all right, love, love what you love, like what you like, I don't care. But also, that doesn't leave me with anything to fucking talk about, because if I didn't bitch about shit, what the fuck else am I doing? What am I going to do? I'm going to come in here and, be, and teach you how to fucking make popsicle stick ninja stars? I mean, that's going to fucking happen. Oh, maybe I should. You know what? Next time I see you, next time I go to Canada, we're going to make fucking popsicle stick ninja stars. You ever make those? They're fucking great. You get two and put them in a triangle. You put one or two more across, then you fold, put two more in there. It's like a six stick event. And then the best part of them, I mean, you can't hit somebody in the eye, but you just fling them at somebody and they fucking explode. So they hit them, which is genius because it's like you're throwing a goddamn throwing star, but they don't stick. And uh, again, unless you hit the soft of the eyeball. Which, uh, which, by the way, I don't know. Isn't all the eyeball soft? Is there a soft of the eyeball? I don't think that there is. That's like saying that there's an egg and you, you don't want to hit it in the yolk. You don't want to hit the soft of the egg or, or the soft of the head or the underbelly or whatever the fuck. Because kids have that off button, right? Don't they have the fucking thing in the top of their head? Where you fucking, you can put your thumb through and touch their goddamn cerebellum, which is bad news. Why the fuck is that a thing? Like, I mean, kids, 
And look, I don't know who to talk to. Jesus, whatever the fuck. Who runs the baby factory? I I don't know who's up there doing that. And babies are a fucking miracle. We all know this. It's like, you know, one of of the worst lines in Thief, which is a movie that I fucking love, is Bob Prosky goes, yeah, children, kids are just, you know, they're just magic. I can't explain it. Just uh, a little of this and a little of that. And wham, bam, magic, Sam. You got a fucking miracle or whatever. But he says, wham, bam, magic, Sam. And I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be the bad guy. Don't say wham, bam, magic, Sam. Unless that's what you say when you kill people. See, now that would be a bloodthirsty thing to say. That would be cold-blooded shit. Like when fucking, uh, you know, Ezekiel 17, the path of the righteous man. What if you instead you were just like pulled a gun on a guy and the guy's like, oh, come on, man, let me go. And you're like, wham, bam, magic, Sam. <laughs> just put fucking three, double tap them. Two in the fucking heart, one in the head. Uh, I know that's a triple tap, you think, but no, the double tap's in the heart, and then you just put the head in to finish the fucking job, just in case, just in case you hit the guy in the heart and somebody survives. You ever hear about those stories? I saw some story on Twitter where some guy's got a nail in his heart, and he drove himself to the emergency room, and those stories are always, uh, like, lauded. They're like, oh, this guy's, what a a fucking crazy, amazing, brave guy to drive himself to the goddamn, no, 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 that's a guy who has no friends. That's what I'm going to say. That that is a guy who uh, who can't who has nobody to reach out to and nobody that cares about him because and and, and you know what I'm going to be that guy. This is why I don't use power tools because eventually I'm going to wind up busting a goddamn fucking nail right into my jugular vein and I got nobody to call. Who the fuck am I going to call? Uber? <laughs> hey, can I get a lift? By the way, I'm going to bleed all over the backseat of your car because I got a nail right in the goddamn jugular. Hey, my carotid artery has been fucking tied off. I've got a dish towel that's soaked with my DNA and my goddamn plasma. Can I go ahead and get a lift to the hospital? And uh, there's nobody I can call because I'm alone and I'm alone forever. As I said, I'm an old guy, old person. It's over. Uh, You just watch the days go by. The seconds are drifting past and you realize, you know what? This is it. This is what it's going to be from now on. And it's not bad. You know, I can live like this, I guess. I can embrace this. This this drift into nothingness, this fucking, you know, like at the end of the ever, you ever see the uh, what is it? The Incredible Shrinking Man. You ever see that? There's a dude and he's shrinking and uh, and the camera effects are great because he's totally getting shrinky. And then all of a sudden he's super shrinky. So then he's got to fight like a cat at the end, like a cat. And then there's like, like a spider that goes for him or whatever. Because, again, he's like a fucking mini mouse like looking dude, totally small. Uh, and then he's getting smaller and smaller. Now, the studio wanted him to get hit with a ray that then made him big again. And he's like, whew, man, you should have seen that spider. And everybody's like, da, 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 hooray. They're all happy that the fucking Incredible Shrinking Man survived. Uh, but I don't know who it was, whether it was the filmmaker or the scriptwriter, or the actor or the kind people at Baraxo Soap who sponsored the Incredible Shrinking Man, put up the money for the film and its production. You don't believe me? Go Google it right now. Lather up with Baraxo. Shake hands with Baraxo. Also, we'll fund your movie. Uh, I don't know who insisted upon it, but they insisted on the bleakest ending ever, which is <laughs> the fucking incredible shrinking man does just that. He continues to shrink into, into nothingness like he becomes an atom. And there's this poignant voiceover at the end where he's like, I I've gone to worlds you've never seen. And I kept drifting away. And I, I my last thoughts were of Eileen as I <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I got news for you. Eileen is like, hey, man, what happened to the shrinky dude? Oh, well, time to find a new boyfriend. Uh, and you know what? And I'll get the shrinky dude's going to get his fucking uh, revenge because he's going to become a germ. He's going to be as small as a germ and he's going to infect Eileen. And then he's going to root for a ray to make him big. So then he tears out of her body. Oh, how gross would that be? See, why haven't that been happened? Why hasn't that been done? We got Ant-Man like he's he he's all shrinky, but I didn't see the Ant-Man movie. So maybe this happened. I don't want to say that it hasn't, but it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Marvel would do. But this is the kind of thing that should be done. If you're if you're a dude who can shrink. 
then what you should do is you should climb into some guy and then you should make, get big and absolutely fucking tear him apart. Oh my God. How weird would that be? If you were just like, you thought you had like weird indigestion, but it turns out you got Ant-Man in your belly and he's like, and he fucking tears you up and you explode like a pinata, but from the inside out, like nobody hits you with any sticks. It's just Ant-Man fucking pushing a button and all of a sudden you're a goddamn splatter mark. Oh dude, that would be awful. But as a fan of Ant-Man, I would say that's the thing to do. Well, you know, you'd be really funny in a Marvel movie, I think. And perhaps it would not. I know because people are grown ups and don't like things. But what if they did it where, because Ant-Man's kind of comic relief, right? It's Paul Rudd. So what if, because he doesn't know how to fight. He's just, he's Ant-Man. I mean, I saw him in the Avengers, you know, the Infinity War and all that shit. When he gets super big, he knows how to fight. Um, and then he can, he knows how to run inside like your armor and pull the you, the red wire and the blue wire. And he leaves you all fucking scatterbrained, whatever the fuck he does. But what if, it just in his excitement, because Paul Rudd wants to impress Captain America. Just, he just, he's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? And he runs and he dives into Thanos' ear. And then he gets big and he explodes Thanos' head like a fucking balloon that got blew up too much. Just like, And it's just like, and there's fucking Thanos brains and shit that shower all over Thor. And he's like, and Thor's like, great Odin's ghost. And everybody's like, what happened, man? And then Ant-Man just stands up and he's covered in brain matter. And he's like, ha ha, look at me. I just fucking eliminated Thanos. Wasn't that awesome? And they're like, you are fucking awful. Like that was, how gruesome a murder was that? That's That's not a good use of your power. But in reality, that's absolutely the fucking power he should use. Nobody can see Ant-Man come. And again, he shrinks down to germ style. He fucking climbs in somebody and then he just expands himself and just fucking blows them up from the inside out. God damn, that's what this is. This is how Ant-Man's a game changer. Everybody else is big. And, uh, you know, Thanos is like, I'm going to punch Iron Man because he's right there. He's just the same size. But Ant-Man is like big and then he's small and then he disappears. And you're like, I don't know where this fucking guy is. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, man, I think I got to sneeze. But then Ant-Man expands himself and your nose caves out. It just fucking explodes outwards and his feet come out of your mouth. Oh, dude, even weirder. Oh, my God. What if Ant-Man did this? What if he fucking climbed in a dude? Right. And he's totally small. And he goes down like in the guy's belly. And he's just in there. Ha ha. And then. He only grows like to the size of a sandwich (laughs) just to annoy a guy. And and this guy's like, oh, man, I'm full. But like, I didn't even eat. But like, I guess I could eat. What if he get? Oh, my God. What if that's the long con? What if he kills a guy by starving him to death by making him think he's always full? And the guy's like, I feel like I should eat something. But I mean, I don't know. I'm totally full. There's no way I can fit any food in my gullet. It just doesn't make any sense. And then Ant-Man just chills out in the guy's stomach for like three weeks while the guy slowly wastes away. Oh, Ant-Man is a monster. Look at this thing that he's doing. I can't believe that he thought of this. Ant-Man, don't tell me you wouldn't think of these things because these guys get these powers and all of a sudden we're just assuming they're good guys, right? It's like Spider-Man's like, hey, man, I'm fucking Spider-Man. And I, you know, also I do chemistry sets bullshit, but and then I'm eventually going to be a photographer. But also, did you know that this I'm super strong and can lift a bus? Like, if you're that dude, because, again, we see, all right, the cautionary tale of when Spider-Man's like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. I'm going to go fight Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw is ready. And then he goes and fights him. And then Uncle Ben dies. And then he's like, oh, man, I can't believe Uncle Ben died. This sucks. Now I got to be Spider-Man. And then he, you know, great power, great responsibility. I get all that. But eventually, there's going to be some fucking nut bar who gets great power and wants no responsibility. And I think Ant-Man's just the guy to do it. And I, and I love these terrorist activities that I'm coming up with where he just fucking either dives into a guy's ear and then explodes his head or just fucking cools out in his stomach for like a month while the guy wastes away because he thinks he's full and they keep examining him and they can't figure out what it is. He keeps shrinking himself like he goes to the doctor and then he shrinks himself even smaller. So they don't find him on an x-ray because that look, 
if you're Ant-Man, you can't be caught on an x-ray because then the jig is up. Then then you're just, then they know you're just slowly murdering a guy by pretending that he's fucking full. Oh, see? And then the, you can't do that. You, how do you explain that away? So, all right, say you're Ant-Man and you're just fucking killing a guy by starvation, by pretending like he's full. And then they x-ray the fucking dude and then they see you and they're like, wait a minute, is that, that can't, wait a minute, is that Ant-Man? And then you're in his belly and you're like, oh, and you hear them say it. And so you're like, oh, right. And you climb out and you're like, you get big again. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, it was me. I'm just kind of playing a prank. They're like, playing a prank? This guy looks like a fucking Holocaust survivor. And you're like, yeah, I know. Wasn't it funny? Anyway, I pretended to be a sandwich for a month. See you guys later. And then you just fucking Ant-Man's his way out the door. And if anybody gives you any lip, if you're Ant-Man, you just turn giant and smash their car. Just send them that fucking message. Anybody gives you a bunch of shit, you just fucking push a button. You're like, you blot out the sun. Nobody's giving you any shit. If you're Ant-Man, they're like, hey, man, why would you pretend to be a sandwich and kill a guy? And you're like, I don't know. I'm bored, man. It's October. There's no shit going on. There's no villains around. Everybody got snapped away. I was in the quantum realm. My brain's a little fried. I'm not going to fucking lie to you guys. There was a finger snap. I turned into dust. I was in the quantum realm for what I thought was five years. All of a sudden, I'm in a car in a garage somewhere. That doesn't make any fucking sense, right? And then the chick from lost is like the wasp and she's my friend but is she is she really i can't i don't know who to trust man so i'm a little flipped i'm not gonna lie and so then i saw that dude i thought it'd be a funny prank to make him think that he was full for a month like pretending to be a fucking hoagie and they're like ant man you can't pretend to be a hoagie he's like i did i did and nobody knew about it and they're like yes but we've caught you now so if you ever try it again and he's like how are you ever going to catch me again there's a billion people in this world. I could I could go overseas. I could go to France, and one, and there's one dude a day who I could make him think that he's got a sandwich in his belly, and there's nothing you could fucking do about it. I'm goddamn Ant-Man. And then they give him strip. They're like, well, now that we know your plans, we're totally going to put out the APB, so if anybody thinks they have a sandwich in their belly, they're going to think it's fucking you. And then Ant-Man's like, oh, really? And he pushes the button, and he's, he blots out the sun. He becomes a giant Ant-Man. He's like, hey, man, do you want me to fuck this hospital? Because I will. I mean, I will just whip up my ant cock and just plunge it into these fucking windows, and it'll be awesome. I won't feel good, but I'll do it just to fucking prove a point. And they're all like, no, Ant-Man, that's fine. Just don't pretend to be a sandwich anymore. And he's like, all right, up, up, and away. I don't know if Ant-Man said that. Can he fly? I don't know if he did, he did any of those things. Uh, I'm an old person. <laughs> Rooting for Ant-Man's weird way to kill people. See, you know, that's not a bad way to go. That livens up the Marvel Universe. If you give me, like, uh, prankster dudes who aren't worried, you know, I don't want... As, as great as Iron Man was, he's always worried and brooding about... He's not, like, brooding like Batman brooding, but he's like, oh, man, we got to save the universe, and then there's spacemen coming, and what the fuck? And it's like, man, could can somebody just fucking have a dinner? Go have a dinner. Have Ultron make you a dinner. Uh, did, did they, they still have Ultron, right? Did they discombobulate him? Did they take his uh, uh, his steel heart out of his chest? I think they did, didn't they? I don't know. But uh, how great was Spader's voice as Ultron? And I know everybody forgets that movie. They're like, that's not the good one. Uh, everybody remembers the hammer scene where everybody tried to lift it and stuff, and then Cap almost budged it, and fucking Thor got uh, panicky. And then, uh, of course, then uh, Ultron came in, and he did the There's No Strings on Me which is uh, apropos. You definitely want to do that. Wasn't that Pinocchio? Yeah, I think it was. All right. Hi, how you doing? Uh, it is warm in Los Angeles, as I've mentioned. And I, I uh, by the time you hear this, I will be on a plane. I will be flying. Did you, first of all, do you have a good 4th of July? Let's talk about that. The 4th of July has come and gone. Our patriotic ways are in the past now, and now we can just look forward at, the, at celebrating this country for what it is now, whatever that might be. Um... I had a fine fourth. I didn't do it. I did fuck all for the 4th of July. Yeah, I will tell you this. You know what I did? I watched Jaws. And I I have not seen Jaws in easily 30 years. And part of me wonders if it's not even before that. I think 
because all right, here's the thing. Um, you may know my history with Jaws, or you may not. If you're new to this program, you don't know my history with Jaws. Uh, and if you've been listening for 13 years, you may not know my history with Jaws because who's fucking going to remember any of this bullshit? <laughs> no, Mike, I remember exactly what happened with you and Jaws. Um, and I should say it's the movie Jaws. I don't have a history with Jaws himself. Uh, Bruce the Shark and I do not go way back. I have never met him. I have been in the same vicinity as him because at Universal Studios, they used to have a, a fucking uh, thing where the shark came up and he attacked the tram when you were on the tour. Oh, dudes, let me tell you something. One of the cool things about living in California is they the movie stuff is sweet, if you ever like that kind of thing. And, and Universal Studios is the place to go because I've gone on the tram tour and uh, and been attacked by Bruce the Shark. There's an earthquake, too, where you pull into this tunnel and, uh, the, I mean, the whole thing starts shaking and then a fucking fire hydrant tips over and water goes in the air and then a fucking train car, like a subway car, uh, the, the street breaks and it falls through and it comes sliding toward the tram and it stops just short. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, it gives you a serious rush and it gets your heart fucking blasting. But at the same time, in your brain, you're just like... I, you know, I've actually lived through earthquakes that have actually killed people. And, uh, and maybe because it, because you know how everybody frames bullshit now where everybody's like, well, you're appropriating earthquake culture and you shouldn't be doing, oh my God, jump into a fucking fiery pit in the ocean. And I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, there's no fiery pits in the ocean. Oh boy, do I have news for you. There is now, there is now a fiery pit in the ocean, I think. They may have put it out. I don't know. But but I mean, it's like in Cleveland In Cleveland once I think it was Lake Cuyahoga or whatever the fuck caught on fire because of, I don't know, oil slicks or fucking whatever the fuck they had there. And it used to be a running joke about in Cleveland, the water caught on fire. Well, now uh, you you saw, I'm sure in Sri Lanka or wherever the fuck it was, there was a pipeline that burst and then there was a fiery hole in the ocean, which just right. Doesn't that make sense? It's it's. We, we didn't have one of those. So it makes sense that that would be the thing that comes along now. I'm sure everybody's just like, oh, you know what we really need right now? Probably a fiery hole in the ocean. Or people, they're other, they went the other way. Like, oh, fuck, at least it's not a fiery hole in the ocean. And then guess what happened, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, my God. The flames are licking the waves. The waves are licking the flames. Fire and water, friends again. Isn't that great? Uh, what was I saying? Um, Fourth of July. God damn it, I spun myself off with this by, by telling you to jump into a fiery hole in the ocean. Oh, the earthquake ride at Universal Studios. Dude, it was fucking fantastic. You would, you would get shaky and fucking tossed about. And I know people would be like, you know, my aunt died in an earthquake, so you should close the ride down forever. Oh, really? Is that what should happen? Because of your aunt, who's lovely. <laughs> I, I don't understand that anymore. I don't, those people who are just like, uh, oh, it's, this isn't fun. So I think it should be gone. And you're like, what? Yeah, man. I think that earthquake ride is stupid because people actually die in earthquakes. Uh huh. Well, no, nobody's dying in this earthquake. It's a fake earthquake. It's a fake quake. I guess if you'll say that it's a fake quake, it's an earth fake. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been delighting tourists and natives alike for years and years. Um, but there's always somebody who has to go. No, I you don't understand. I, I know better than anyone. <laughs> so shut it all down, man. I. Uh, I don't I don't know. And look, I just bitched about you, you know, the, what you like and what you don't like. And that's fine. Um, 
<laughs> but I just, but the people who think things should be shut down or destroyed, I just, it, it, like the fireworks, that's a very good example because, you know, the 4th of July happened upon us just recently. If you'll check your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice that the 4th of July has come and gone, but it's very recent. And, uh, and there were fireworks, but I will tell you this here in LA, there were not that many fireworks by my house. I understand in a lot of other places in LA, there were huge amounts of fireworks, but in my neighborhood here in the Valley, uh, there was a, there was a pool party outside and people were very loud. And I will say this, they, the last couple years, I've played the last three or four years, there's been a ton of fireworks in the Valley. Okay. And they start on like the second they go the second, the third, the fourth, sometimes the fifth and the sixth. They'll continue until people are just burned out on them or whatever. But also they would go late into the night. Like they would start at dusk and then they would go until, you know, midnight, one in the morning. And uh, it, it was crazy. I mean, it was really insane. So um, and I, I didn't mind it because, again, to me, it's just like I don't have I don't have kids or dogs. So I, I don't have anybody to to assuage their feelings when they're scared. And I I feel absolutely awful that any dog would be scared or and that it would have to go hide or it would be frightened by the bombs and stuff like that. And I can also see why it would be frightened by bombs and stuff like that, because it is well known that dogs are, they have just baked in PTSD because all dogs, their roots can be traced to Vietnam. All, all every single dog that is alive today, uh, their ancestors were born or went to Vietnam and they've passed this gene on to their dogs their sons, their daughters, and everybody else. So they hear bombs outside, and they're like, and they just think it's the Viet Cong, and they go, oh my God, Charlie, and they fucking go running for a closet somewhere. Because look, dogs will never forget what happened over there. <laughs> dogs, those dogs will never forget the the, the horrors of Charlie and his tunnels. Um, but I don't, I don't have dogs and kids, so I... I to me, I just fireworks are a necessary evil. Uh, you know what I'm finding out? A lot of things that I thought were a necessary evil aren't aren't necessarily necessary anymore these days. At least according to people, um, they, they and things are changing. As I've mentioned before, it's very strange to see a worldview collapse in real time. Um, and it's fine. I'm all for it. Foment change. Let everybody everybody should be equal and happy and fun and let all the all that stuff happen. But I just. I, Bear with me, but this year I just, for some reason, because maybe because I was besieged by it on Facebook and on Twitter and everybody with their, all these scolds with their wagging fingers talking about how veterans and dogs are scared of firecrackers and, and as are cats and it's about time we stop this ludicrous tradition and, and it's very scary for everybody and uh, I, again, I empathize with anybody who has any sort of fear or triggered response to these sorts of things. But then also in my head, I go, well, it is really only once a year that it happens. And then people are like, well, why should I be fucking tormented once a year? And you're right. I get it. I know. But I have to admit, I, I'm divided on it. Like, I, I want everybody to live and be happy. And I want you to just be live the best life you can. And if that means no M80s, then that's cool. But I also really like M80s. Like, I, I like things that blow up. I think they're kind of fun. And I will tell you this. Do I care for the symbols or whatever? Uh, you know, the, the, the crazy fireworks show in the air that they do, that big thing? Um, no, I don't. I think I've talked about it in here before. Like, I'll go to baseball games 
And I love when there's a fireworks show after because it means everybody's going to stay for the fireworks show and I can get out of the parking lot that much quicker. I don't, I have seen fireworks displays already. I don't need to see them again. Uh, will there be a time when I think to myself, oh, you know, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad to watch these fireworks. Yeah. Sometimes they're cool. Uh, and it's also, if you're with somebody, like if I'm, if I'm with a friend or if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, God forbid in a relationship and it's with somebody who likes fireworks, then yeah, I'll watch the fireworks. There's nothing wrong. I don't hate them. That's what I'm saying. I'm not acting. Boo, boo, beautiful colors. Boo. (laughs) Nobody likes this. Oh, boo. Awesome display. Uh, I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? But I just, it, I've seen enough fireworks displays. And look, if I, if you're in New York seeing the biggest one, then yes, I'm sure you're going to be impressed and kind of knocked over. Although all it is, is the other fireworks shows that you've seen times 10, which is, you know, fine, but I, I don't, it's not a thing I need to see, but conversely, if you just want to give me shit that I can fucking light and throw, and it's going to fucking make a huge fucking explosion noise. Now, now, you know what? Now we're fucking talking explosions. I like, Shit in the air, just going, God bless the USA and all that horse shit. I don't, I don't, it's not for me. I don't need the, the music and the program and then somebody with a kazoo and everybody then goes home with their coolers and whatever. It's fine. And I don't mind it. If you love it, I'm glad you love it. And it certainly can be impressive. Like I saw some clips from the one from the Hollywood Bowl with Cool and the Gang the other night or Earth, Wind and Fire or some other three named band. And uh, and they, they christened the Hollywood Bowl and they exploded a bunch of shit. And everybody's like, yeah, awesome, man. And I got no issue with that. Go ahead. Enjoy it. Love it. But I don't need to see it anymore. It's, it's out of my system unless it's going to be something crazy impressive. But if you can tell me that I can blow shit up, like I love Roman candles, like all that, all that shit that's just shooting stuff into the sky, uh, whatever. I've seen it before. But Roman candles, like you're like right there and you put it in your yard and you fucking bury it. And you just fucking shoot balls of fucking colored flame into the air. See, now, that, now, now you're talking. Hey, you're talking about like widow makers and shit like that. Oh, man, you're going to fuck somebody up. I love that. I, and I know everybody's like, oh, dumbass is going to lose a thumb. And they're like, well, I'm not going to lose a thumb because I'm not going to light him. But, you know, I have to admit that adds an element of, of danger that I enjoy. I, if somebody's going to lose a thumb, hold on a second, man. Let's watch this show. This can be fun. If somebody winds up getting fucked up, this will be great. Uh and hopefully it's not you because I love you and your hands. I don't want your hands to be disfigured. But but this year, for some reason, I had a real, uh, I don't want to say backlash. I guess I had a backlash against people because, again, it just, it just seems I, I'm tired of being scolded, even though it's not for me. They're not scolding me. They're not yelling at me because it doesn't mean all, it means fuck all to me. If you, if you said ban all fireworks on the 4th of July, I'd be like, that's cool. I don't care. But it's the, it's the being told what to do. I I know it's so childish and immature, but, but all the people wheedling and stuff about, uh, you stupid fireworks, you fucking dumb. Although I will admit my buddy Pat had like the best idea because he hates him too. And he's got a cat. I don't know if the cat was scared, whatever, but he was like, uh, he said there shouldn't be any fireworks anymore because his thing is the bit about the fire damage. And I totally get that too with, with fires and shit like that. We shouldn't be shooting anything with embers into the goddamn sky. This entire fucking state's a tinderbox. It's ready to go up. The whole thing's fucking dry grass. You ever see when they start a fire on survivor and they're like, man, we got to find that weird grass. That's all of California. All of California is cement. And that weird fire grass from survivor that eventually will start a fire. And they're like, ah, fire is life. Not here, man. Fire is fucking death. 
So I, I understand completely the instinct to not have something like that happen here because fuck that, man. No, I don't, we've got enough people getting their shit burned down. But Pat's idea, and I loved it, he's like, you know what, man? We, we shouldn't be burning people's houses down in the forest fires and shit like that. Here's what we need to do. We, uh, what, you know, every, like, like the Christmas Yule log, like when they show it on TV, they show the burning log if people don't have a fireplace. He goes, just there should be channels that just run fireworks all day. On the 4th of July. So you can tune in and turn it up in your house and have that. And then it's in your house. Like it's actually centrally located and nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting burned. And you're getting You could turn it way up and hear the fucking explosions, whatever you got to do. And I was like, man, that is actually a pretty cool idea. Now, even if they didn't ban fireworks, I still think that's a great idea. Like, you know, sometimes they'll have uh, out here in L.A. on Thanksgiving, they used to have the Twilight Zone marathon. I don't know if they do it anymore because Twilight Zone used to be available on local channels. And it isn't anymore because the, I think the Sci-Fi Channel or somebody bought it all up. It just it's like when uh, Wizard of Oz used to be on CBS when I was a kid. Wizard of Oz was always on CBS once a year, and then TNT bought it or TBS or whomever. Ted Turner bought the fucking movie, and then he colorized it, and everybody wanted to fucking murder him. And then there's a white, black and white version. Still, I, I don't know if people still watch it. I don't even know if it's popular or or where it airs now. But when I was a kid. All, all, there were certain things, you know, like uh, the, the the Peanuts specials aired on CBS. They just did. That was where you'd always see them. And that's where Rudolph the Reindeer, Rudolph the Reindeer's Reindeer was. He was always on CBS. Uh, I believe the Grinch was on ABC. You know, you just you just knew that those were there. And now they're on cable all the time. Like they're there because the cable companies bought them and they bought exclusive rights. So now you you like you can't watch It's a Wonderful Life uh, anymore or, or it's. I think it's on NBC. Who fucking cares? The point is everybody buys shit up and they steal your childhood. That's the fucking point. So uh, if you're going to do a thing where, you know, you show the Wizard of Oz once a year or you show Willy Wonka once a goddamn year and then you show the Twilight Zone, which used to be on, like I said, here on on KTLA in L.A. It was on all day, which is fucking fantastic to watch. But now the Sci-Fi Channel bought it and then their marathon only goes like 10 hours or eight hours. It's like, no, man, here. KTLA used to run it for like 12 to 14 hours. It would just run all fucking day and night. It was great. You could turn it on the fucking, just leave it there. Watch the goddamn Twilight Zone. But now it's, they've cut the thing down. Look at this. Look, oh man, oh man, what? Who is this old man bitching into a microphone about not being able to watch the Twilight Zone? What is wrong with me? Jesus. I mean, look, I told you I was old, and now I've spent how many fucking minutes here proving it, for fuck's sake? Jesus Christ. And I like fireworks, and I don't, but I don't like fireworks, but I don't care, but you can like them if you want. No, don't scold me. Oh, my Christ. I, I, you, if you just, if you could see me now, my hand has just generated, there's a cane in my hand. I don't know where it came from. I, a cane has just appeared into my hand and it ain't for tap dancing. It, it is to get me around. I don't know if I'm going to be blind, whatever the fuck's going to happen to me. Jesus Christ. <sighs> All right. I, I, let's get out of there. I, I don't know what I'm bitching about for fuck's sake. What was I talking about in the first fucking place? I was at Universal Studios, and there was a there was a train that fell down, and then there was a fucking earthquake ride, and people were mad about it. Oh, that's what it was. And then, and also on the tram, you get the fucking uh, so Bruce the shark. That's what it was. <laughs> that's how I got here. Fucking Jaws. Uh, I watched it. I haven't seen it in. Here's the history of me with Jaws. Um, I saw it in the theater, and and I was, I believe. Um, I'm, I might've been eight years old. You know, let's look it up. Let's do that. Well, let's check it out here and find out exactly when it was released. Check it out here at Wikipedia. When is the release date? Uh, it came out when I was seven years old. 
<laughs> and I saw it that when I was seven years old, because we went almost right away when it came out and I was a seven year old boy going to see Jaws. And, um, I don't want to give you any spoiler alerts, but uh, about, about 40 minutes into the movie, 45 minutes into the movie, there is something that happens that is, uh, quite scary. Certainly scary. If you don't see it coming, certainly even more scary. If you're fucking seven, uh, and it's also, it has, uh, it's not the shark. I'll tell you that. I don't want to give anything. I said, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a scene about 45 minutes into the movie that something happens. And, and the person in the movie that it happens to also freaks the fuck out. Well, me as a little kid, this is completely true. Uh, I'm in the theater watching it. I'm with my mom. And I, I remember my mom being there. I think my dad was there too. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't even remember my brothers being there. Lenny, maybe, but I will say this. I fucking, I had popcorn. Like it was one of those things where it was the old and it was the old school before they had tubs of popcorn. They would have boxes of popcorn. I don't know if you ever, you ever were lucky enough to have those. Uh, there, there was a box of popcorn and I was given my own box of popcorn. Uh, I think because they didn't want me to fidget and fuss around because I'm fucking seven years old. And my mom's like, well, you know what? Let's give him a fucking box of kernels. So he keeps shoving that in his mouth and shuts the fuck up so we can watch some shark action. Right. What do you say? And they did. And uh, and I so I'm seven. Right. And I'm in the theater. I'm holding a box of popcorn and about 45 minutes into the movie. And look, I'm already terrified because we've already seen uh, a, a couple of shark related things. I don't want to tell you what they are, but they are scary. And uh, I remember vividly being like kind of I didn't know what was happening. I was just sitting there. And I was un- I, I understood that people were in danger. I knew there was bad stuff happening, uh, but I was holding this box of popcorn and I was munching it. But also I was kind of partially hiding behind it. I will not lie to you. I, I would hold it up in front of my face and kind of peek around it uh, because I was terrified of the shark and his friends and every other thing uh, that was going on there with the sheriff and the mayor. And I mean, I don't look, I didn't understand the city politics of any of it. All I knew is there was a fucking shark and it was going to town, man. And as a seven year old boy, you're just like, Hey, I like to swim. Maybe not anymore. So we're watching, I'm holding a popcorn. It's, it's uh it's part popcorn. It's part shield. It's the only thing protecting me from the shark. I'm holding it up in front of my face. So every time something happens with the shark and every time the music kicks in, basically, it's like if you just saw me sitting there, seven year old boy, wide eyed, goggle eyed, staring at the screen. And then you heard it. You would just see like a fin coming out of the water, a popcorn box just rise in front of my face. I would just pull it up like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. And I'm holding it. I'm peeking around it because I also wanted to see what was going to happen. But I also I'm fucking seven years old. So I would I also don't want to see anything that's going to fucking happen. So sure enough. I uh, I sit there, I'm hiding behind this box of popcorn, but then I'd lower it when it looked like it was just the kids on the beach or whatever the fuck, or people are having fun and there's ice cream. Yay, that's, I'm a seven-year-old. That's what I recognize. Hey, look, he's got a pail and shovel. He's digging the sand. I like sand sometimes, but I also like ice cream. Ooh, look at that. And uh, and boy, oh boy, I, I'm, I've got the box. It's down, it's up, it's down. And about 40 minutes into the movie, 45 minutes into the movie, maybe, something happens and... Uh, as I said, the person in the movie freaks the fuck out, and I, holding my trusty shield to protect me from the bad images on the screen because I'm fucking seven years old, 
Uh, I have a box of popcorn and this thing happens and I jump and I remember I got air. Like I, it wasn't like just a thing where I was like, huh, it wasn't a, like I, I left my seat. Like I, my butt went up. You know what I mean? Like I kind of just, ah, I didn't, I didn't push off because my feet were nearly on the floor because I'm fucking seven years old. And, uh, and I just, I, my whole body, like there was an electric charge through it. I was just like, ah, and, uh, and my hands are clutching the popcorn box and I throw my hands involuntarily. I'd throw them in the air and, uh, and popcorn goes up like a mushroom cloud. I mean, the, like whatever I had in the box, the whole box, I fucking just zoom and it all went into the air and it, it just created, uh, you want to talk about fireworks folks. Uh, well in the summer of 75, the, the, the most rare firework of all that edible firework that was popcorn and butter flying into the air, mushroom cloud style over the whole crowd uh, after what had happened on the screen. And then I just, I was like, ah! and I, I threw it in the air and I landed and back in my seat and I'm sitting there and, uh, and there's this huge laugh in the theater because there's this release of tension a from the bad thing that had just happened, but also, uh, the very fact that they saw my popcorn go, they laugh at me. They're not laughing at me. Be like, ha ha, dummy. But it's just, it was a moment, you know? And um, I would probably appreciate it a lot more because it was kind of a, all of us came together and it was a tension relief moment. And uh, and I would feel better about it if I wasn't fucking seven years old. You know, if you're fucking 20 and you do that and you're just like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. But holy shit, was that scary, right? But at seven, you can't even verbalize what the fuck is happening. You're just terrified. And I was. I was I was white knuckling this popcorn box. And also and the popcorn went over all over my mom and all over my dad uh, or whoever was with us. I think it was my dad in 75. It should have been right. Uh, he was still there. He was there for another five years. I mean, he wasn't in the picture, but I mean, it was one of those times when he was probably, he put down the six pack and decided, Hey, let's go to a movie or whatever the fuck. Um, but it went everywhere. And it was like, and I, and I just remember my mom kind of like, uh, everybody laughed at my mom, you know, and they just handed me like another, uh, thing of like popcorn. And I put it aside cause I was, I didn't even want it. I was just staring. And, uh, and then the movie continues. Now, again, that's only 45 minutes in. And there's another hour and 15 minutes left in this movie. And it's, it's, it's tense. I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain it. There's shark attacks. There's uh, people hunting sharks. There's people worried about sharks. There is a shark who apparently has an agenda. Uh, I, I hear in the movie that he's a perfect machine of nature and that he only eats and he kills and he makes little sharks. And I'm like, well, also, he has critical thinking because he understands where the boat is and he knows how to cut it off and go underneath it and do all this stuff. And also, when uh, it's late at night, the shark shows up like goddamn Freddy and he's going to go ahead and go toward the boat and get you guys when you're sleeping. I mean, it's like that's the one thing that if you look at it now, you just go, wait, all right, wait a minute. Why is this shark smart? And uh, and I will never be able to do it justice the way Richard Jenny did it when he was talking about Jaws three. If you've ever if you've never seen Richard Jenny's Jaws three bit, you must see it. It is it is a classic of the genre, and it is fucking beautiful. Um. But but sitting there as a little kid, all of this tension, all of this shark stuff, all of the you know the it's because it's just even because there's also a moment where you finally see the shark, like you see him. 
under the water, you see his fin, you see stuff, but then when you actually see him, it's a very, it's a fun, funny moment in the movie, but it's also scary as fuck because it looks incredibly real and freaky and you just, and you're, I'm sitting there for another hour or whatever the fuck and I've got my empty popcorn box after fucking, you know, covering the first seven rows with all of my popcorn and uh, I, I literally just bukkakeed everybody. They're all just fucking, it was, it was Gallagher time. Everybody got covered with fucking popcorn and butter. Uh, and I, I used, I was so scared. I had my popcorn box and I was twisting it. Do you know how to wring out a wash rag? You get a wash rag or a dish rag and you get water in it and you, you wring it out to get like excess water out of it. Well, I've got my popcorn box and I crunch it up like that and I'm crunching it and I'm crunching it more and more every time something tense happens and then I'm twisting it in my hands like I was wringing out a wash rag but I'm just I'm twisting this fucking box this popcorn box because it's just involuntary everything that's happening I'm like I'm white knuckling the box and twisting it up and uh, the movie continues I I I mature Rapidly, I'm I'm the most mature seven-year-old in the audience as I absorb everything that's happening, uh, and I'm just terrified and sitting there. And then the movie ends, and uh, you know the credits roll or whatever, and we go to walk out, and I'm I'm carrying the box, and my mom looks over at me, and this the popcorn box is it's probably an eighth of its original size, maybe a tenth, because I have wrung it out so tightly, it is it is twisted, it it. Uh, it looks like, you ever see those dog toys that's like a rope and the dog bites one end and you tug it on the other end and he's having a little tug of war with you? That's what it looked like. But it was super thin because I had squeezed all life out of this cardboard box and I had twisted it up. And I remember my mom looking and just kind of going, oh, Michael, and laughing. Um, and, and you know, I, it's, a, it's a lovely memory, certainly, except for the fact that I was fucking seven years old and I had to watch, uh, like... Literally, you, there's like a naked woman that you see, and then there's murders and blood and uh, and all sorts of stuff. And it is it just I would not. Here's what I would say to you. Don't show it to your seven year old. That's that's the only thing, even with the maturity level being different, even with things having changed, uh, you know, 50 years later or however many it is, 45 years later. Don't show your seven year old kid Jaws. That's all I'm going to tell you. Am I happy I saw it? Yes. Did I watch it again later? Well, that's the thing. I uh, I was in no hurry to see Jaws again. <laughs> it came on cable TV, and I, I did not watch it when it was on our cable TV. Like, we would put it on, and I but I wouldn't pay attention to it. I wouldn't sit and watch it, but it was just on, and I would kind of look at it. You know what I mean? Instead of really getting into the story, because it still terrified me. It was still scary. And then uh, I, I, I didn't watch it again forever. I think maybe I watched it in Tahoe in, like, 91 or 90. 89 or 90 when I was, because we had, dude, we had all sorts of fucking movies and just we'd throw them in and watch them. So I think I might have seen it then, but I don't really remember. But watch, and so this weekend, it was 4th of July and everybody was kind of mentioning Jaws and mentioning stuff. And, and I was like, you know what, maybe that's, fuck it, you know what? That's one of the perks of being home and being alone and being by yourself. You can just kind of go, yeah, I'll do this. And, uh, and also, you know, I, it's not like I had work to do or anything. It's not like I had a podcast to record or jokes to write. <laughs> so I was happy to pull the ripcord and parachute into Jaws for a couple of hours. And I did just that, man. I, um, 
Oh, did I mention the TV? I bought a TV. I'll tell you about it in a second. All right, so, oh, fuck, I got to tell you about it now. Um, you know, I, I bought the TV for streaming purposes because with Netflix and Amazon and all those fucking shows. Uh, but, you know, my, I have an apartment. I have a one-bedroom apartment, and I used to have, I had a 40-inch Panasonic TV. I don't think I told you guys about this, did I? I don't, maybe I did. Who cares? Fucking everything's over. I, again, I'm an old man forgetting stuff, scolding people. I tell you what. Uh, but I, I bought this TV and, and because I had been thinking about it. Like I said, I haven't spent a lot of money during the pan- pandemic. So I was like, well, but I kind of wanted a TV. And then I went to my buddy Dennis's house and he had a giant fucking television and he had Apple TV and I loved the interface. And here was the key of why I needed a television. Um, you know, I, I want a TV to watch sports. I, I do like to, cause I, you know, I was very content sitting at my desk and watching sports on my monitor, my computer. But there was something to be said for sitting on the couch. And there's something to be said. Once I went to his house and I watched sports on a gigantic television, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I enjoy things on a gigantic television. So, like I said, I had a 40-inch Panasonic that I bought in fucking 2002. I mean, I've had it for fucking 20 years, man. And uh, and it was fine. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it's 2002. So I, 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 I figured, well, I can upgrade now. And I was looking at televisions and I was you know looking at what CNET said was the best and all the rankings and stuff. And I wound up finding a television and I, I was like, in my head, I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. I can't get that. But then when I looked at the price, it was, it was literally, it was less than the 40 inch Panasonic that I bought 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, because, you know, that was a 40 inch flat screen back then when flat screens had just arrived and everybody's like, oh, oh you have to get one. And I was like, all right. And I, cause we needed one anyway. Cause I, uh, we needed a TV cause back then I had to get rid of my, I used to have a fucking 65 inch projection television. One of those, you know, those ones that are at like fucking Shakey's pizza where it's just this giant console and it's got those four colored rings that shoot the picture out of the fucking screen somehow. Uh, I had, I won one of those on a game show. And then it just turned out, it was like, well, you know what? We were fucking, it was really huge and it was super heavy and we'd watched it for years, but then we were like, well, let's see if we can get some money for this. And I actually, I sold it for a couple hundred bucks. I think some dude came and picked it up. That's all. That was the main thing. I go, look, you got to pick it up and you got to have a truck because it is gigantic. And the guy did. This is when, you know, one of the times when Karen and I were really, I don't know, we were fucking looking for cash, but I sold the TV. Then when that's when we bought the 40 inch flat screen, the Panasonic, and it was fine. But then I look at the price for this TV now, and I'm like, well, I, all right, it seems ludicrous, but it costs less than the, what I paid for the Panasonic in fucking 2002. And I'm like, you got to do this. Just do it. And also, you know me. I'm not, I'm not fucking Captain Spend a lot, but at the same fucking time, uh, if I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy the best thing I can buy in that moment, hoping that it gets me through as long as it needs to get me through. And I did the math on it, and I'm like, all right, well, I own that Panasonic. It was a 40-inch flat-screen Panasonic, and I owned that thing for 20 years. All right. So you're looking at now, it's, it's fucking 2021, and you're looking at 20 years from now, and, uh, and you figure out that that, uh, that gets me to 73. And, uh, and what I told myself is I said, you know what? You know, this is a lot of television, it seems, but it's less than the TV you bought 20 years ago, and also... If the math works out on this correctly, this is the last fucking television you're ever going to buy. And I was simultaneously comforted and horrified by that thought. Because I went, yeah, you know, this is off my fucking plate. Now, I don't ever have to worry about buying another television. Here we go. I'll get this and it's over. I don't ever need to worry about buying a television again. 
because this one will last and I'll never need another one. But then at the same time, I was like, well, man, I, you know, I, I can feel my mortality creeping up every day anyway, but does this just hasten my feelings of, of dread that eventually I won't be here any longer knowing that now I'm in a race against time with this fucking television. Cause I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't know, man. I, I mean, it just, to, to just that thought. Cause it's not, it's not a wrong thought. This is the last television I will ever buy. And, and there's, there's, there's a couple meanings to that one. A, I'll be dead before then. Uh, uh, two, uh, you know, in 20 years, who knows what the fucking technology is? You know, I'm, they might have a chip in my head. And I said that, too. I was like, I'm not, you know, literally until I'm never buying another fucking television because uh, I'm sure they'll plant a fucking chip in my head in the next 15 years. And that'll be fine. Then I can just sit there and drool and, and look at fucking hot girls and fucking volleyball, whatever the fuck. You know, I'm never, I don't have to worry about that kind of shit. But but it was still kind of a chilling thought that like, yeah, I'll do this. You know, it's top of the line and I'll get this and I'll never have to buy another television again. And then I was like, oh, ooh, wow, that fucking... That left a fucking mark. I I literally have bought the TV that's going to chase me into the grave that may outlive me. This TV may outlive me. If if the good people at LG have done their job, then this TV should outlive me, for God's sakes. I will be furious if it does not. So I, I, uh, I was like, all right, should I? And I pulled the trigger and uh, I bought... A 70-inch television. A a 70... What? What's that you said, Mike? Yes, that's exactly what I said. Because here's the thing that I I forgot to tell you. You know, the Panasonic, it was was fine. And it still worked and everything was okay. But it wasn't smart. It didn't... I had to use a Roku in order to get Netflix. Or I had to use a Roku in order to get Amazon Prime. And, And so now, TVs have everything built into them. I mean, they, they got everything except a mechanical arm that jerks you off. And I'm sure if I would have paid another extra $200, I would have got one of those motherfuckers, man. Because it's just right now built into this fucking television. The, the web is in there and fucking, uh, you know, I have four different HDMI things and all these things to put in my Blu-ray. And, every, and you know, yeah, I have a DVD player. It's like, that's obsolete, too. You don't fucking need that anymore. But I got it. But I and then I I bought the Apple TV along with it. So now I just download everything to Apple TV. I I, I have you know ML, the MLB package and fucking Amazon and Netflix and it's it's incredible. It's it's just I the only thing I'm worried about is you know like I say that this TV is going to outlive me. Well, it's going to have a hand in that. That this TV is absolutely going to be making that decision for me because I am clearly going to get cancer by watching this screen. I. I I've already, I already have a sunburn from watching the fucking thing, you know, just turning it out of my apartment and it, it just blasts me with fucking, with cathode rays or cathode rays or whatever the fuck they're called. And also you're like, and you're going to be like, well, Mike, the new TVs don't have cathode rays, whatever the fuck they have. I'm sure there's cancer in the television and it's coming to get me right now. Cause I'm old. God damn it. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure it will put me in the grave. It's not only on the race, but it's going to, it's going to take an active hand in making sure that I wind up in the ground. And, um, and, and I won't even object because it is beautiful. It's, it, you know, Pat came and we put it up on the wall and it is, it's, it's fucking gigantic. I mean, it's, it's so crazy big. It takes up, I, I it, you'd have to see my apartment, but it, it takes up two thirds of one wall 
and all the way toward the front door. It's fucking, it's just awesome. And it's foolishness and it's silly. And I will tell you this, there was one main reason why I wanted it. Because like I said, the Panasonic didn't have all the smart stuff. But with the Roku, I could make that happen. With the Roku, I could go ahead and get Netflix, whatever the fuck else. But there was one key component that I absolutely needed. And when I found out that the Apple TV could do it, when I found out that a smart TV could do it, uh, I had to do it. Uh, I think I may have mentioned this on a previous show. But um, let's talk about this, folks. Uh, I am old. I, I am, as I've mentioned many times on this show and shows in the past, and really starting to feel it a little bit more, especially as I go to the gym more often now. I'm going to the gym, you know, every day. I, I'm, I, well, let's put it this way. I aspire to go every day, but I'm going at least five times and then maybe six. But it turns out that, like, on Friday, I, I think to go to the gym on Saturday to do cardio, and then I'm like, I can't. I, I can't move because I lift so fucking, I lift three times a week. And and then fucking also I'm running five times a week, uh, five or six times. I wanted to do seven, but I, I have to admit my body was so fucking sore from getting back into it. I had to take it slow. Now, over the coming weeks, I, I, I will be doing more cardio every single day and amping it up. I mean, I'm right now I'm only doing two and a half miles a day and uh, it, which is great. I, and uh, I know you want a progress report. Um, we've lost 18 pounds in three weeks. And more importantly than that, uh, I feel it, you know, because um, when you're this big, normally you, you can sneeze and lose four pounds. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you don't you just you, you fluctuate so much. But here's the deal. By going to lift and run and getting my cardio back and getting my muscles back and feeling it as I lift and I go on the treadmill and I run and stuff. Uh, and by run, it's a brisk walk. I'm not running because I'm not risking it yet because of my knees. I don't want to be in as heavy as I am. I don't want to take the risk in fucking up a knee. So I just briskly walk on the treadmill. I set it at like 2.7 miles an hour, sometimes three. I bump it up to three miles an hour and then just walk super quick. Um, so then, but I mean, I'm, I'm working like 15 minute miles now. So I, I'm, I'm, I do two and a half miles. I run, I walk 40 minutes a day. It's fine. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I find myself going to do it and, and lifting and then hitting the treadmill and stuff like that. And uh, I, I don't push it so much with the running uh, because of because of the leg. What the fuck? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stalling for time and you can probably tell because I forgot I lost my train of thought. Um, anyway, I've lost 18 pounds in, in three weeks. So, oh, I'm feeling it. That's what I was going to say. As I as I lift more and I walk more. uh my body, its natural athleticism is coming back. And I know that sounds ridiculous being 6'2 and, and now 375. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I was working out pretty consistently for five years. I was lifting and then I did all this cardio last year where I'd, I lost a bunch of... So once I do start hitting the treadmill and I start walking, it, it comes back fairly easily. And I feel it in my entire life. I... I all last year during the pandemic, you know, I go to stand up off the couch and it's like, uh, and I got to lean on a fucking arm of another, of another chair or something to push myself up into the air. Um, there's all sorts of issues with standing up or even moving, just generally walking. It's a, uh, it's a soreness that permeates throughout the, the, the entire bone structure, muscles, whatever. And uh, that's going away very, very quickly. And I'm feeling uh, limber and athletic. And I'm feeling like, uh, I'm starting to feel like myself again, which is really good. I'm excited. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm very happy about it. 
but I needed to get because I'm old. I keep mentioning I'm old. I'm old, and I'm feeling it at the gym, whatever the fuck. But here's another reason why I'm old. One of the reasons why I absolutely needed to get Apple TV and why I needed to get a new television uh, because the Panasonic was fine with the Roku, but uh, I can't hear anything anymore. My left ear is is and I and I know it's it's a combination of getting old and also. Uh, the terror I have with putting anything into my ear to try to fix it. But I do have, uh, I can't speak to how advanced it is, but I have tinnitus. And I mean, I have tinnitus where my ear is, they're, they're ringing all the time. They're, they're, I have a ringing in my ear all day, all night. Uh, and it's, I, I'm going to do this. You can't see it, but I'm going to do it. If I push my jaw forward, my bottom jaw, if I jut it out, then my ears go wee like then then the tinnitus is kind of overwhelming but as long as my mouth and my jaw are where they are right now uh, i just have a low level ringing in my ears all the time so i can't hear a fucking thing like if i'm out with people i go look i need you on my right hand side i i feel it's it's my one concession to being an, a complete old man is is my ears are going man they just are so I have to have people on my right hand side because my left ear is is a fucking crapshoot. Well, with the Panasonic, you know, I watch TV late. I'll stay up late at night. It'll be one or two or three in the morning. And if I wanted to watch a movie or something on Netflix, it's I, I have to turn the volume up to like 75 on the Panasonic. And I got the windows and doors open. But even if I didn't, you're still in an apartment. You got it cranked up three quarters of the way. And you know people can hear it. It's keeping people up. It's just fucking super loud. And it's just a shitbag thing to do. I didn't want to do it to people. But I unfortunately had to do it because fuck, man, if I didn't, I couldn't hear it. So when I was at my buddy's house, I was like, he... Uh, he started scrolling through and there was Bluetooth. And I go, wait a minute, because I had been Googling looking for Bluetooth televisions. And the, the TVs I was finding, they, they didn't have Bluetooth built in. They did, but you had to you have like a, there was a conduit. You couldn't just put your earbuds and link them up to the television. There had to be like a box, almost like a cable box that was that went to the television. And look, maybe I did poor research. Maybe I didn't look deeply enough. But all I could tell was there was no TV that had Bluetooth. But Apple TV has Bluetooth, and Apple TV will pair with your earbuds. And I that was that was the main reason I was like, all right, well that's I now I that's why I need a television. I absolutely need that because uh, if I want to watch TV late at night, I can't, man. I can't hear a fucking thing unless I jack the fucking volume crazy up in the air, and that and that's not happening. So, uh, but now the problem is solved. Because I bought literally the last TV I will ever own. The TV that's going to take me to the grave is on my wall right now. And I can plug in my earbuds and I can watch Jaws in the middle of the fucking night and not have to worry about anybody being pissed off or hearing the score or hearing the fucking people scream. Uh, I can watch Alien if I want. Because in space, nobody can hear you scream. And I'll tell you this, in my apartment complex, nobody can hear you scream because I got the Bluetooth in and I got the fucking earbuds jammed into my goddamn head. So I am being courteous and kind. You know what? That's what it is, really. I didn't need this television, but I needed to be courteous to my neighbors. So technically, even though it's a purchase that, you know, I had to make, I didn't really have to make. It's maybe a luxury, um, but it's also it's just a kindness. It's a kindness I've done for the people here in my building so they don't have to think to themselves, oh, my goodness. Well, what's going on? Why are there explosions in apartment eight? (laughs) And I can explain why. 
By the way, I just told you what apartment I live in. Oh my God, now a stalker's on his way. Um, but now if a stalker comes, uh, I will never hear him because I love my earbuds in and he'll kill me silently. He'll kill me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his song. All right. Uh, so, so I did, I bought the TV and it's, uh, I spent money on that. And I also bought, um, some shoes, <laughs> not Crocs. That's what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I don't spend a lot of money. And then I bought some shoes, but they're nice. And I like shoes. I be, I'm a, as you know, like I, the one, one thing I would do, well, the two things, I would be a shoe whore and I would be a watch guy. Uh, I like watches and I like shoes. And when I say shoes, I'm not buying wingtips. I think we know what I'm buying. I'm buying, uh, sneakers. Uh, gym shoes, as I used to call them as a child. Um, and it's like, it's funny. Like I want to put pictures of them up cause they're artwork to me. They're so beautiful. Uh, it's, it's the line, like the line in the whole song. Uh, they taste like candy. He's so beautiful or he tastes like candy. Well, these shoes, they taste like candy. They're so beautiful cause they are. And I, I will put up a picture of one of them because, uh, whatever it's, it's a long story. You'll have to see it. Um, but yeah, so I so I watched Jaws the other night, man. I just I threw it on, and again, like I said, I haven't watched it easily, easily for thirty years, and that's that's a maybe if I watched it in in eighty nine or whatever at at in Tahoe with the guys. Uh, I'm just assuming I did because every day we would we'd have three movies that would be running at all times, and we'd sit down and watch them. But I really don't remember seeing it. Uh, since I had cable as a little kid when I was fucking, you know, eight years old, nine years old. And, uh, and so everybody was talking about it on the 4th of July. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this man. I, I'm, I'm going to watch Jaws. And I, I watched it and he, I'm here to tell you, first of all, if you haven't seen Jaws, you need to watch it instantly because it is a classic and, um, and you need to see it because just so you'll get references. I mean, everybody knows, look, you're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, there's all, all sorts of stuff that, uh, you know, is that, that come from this movie and then you'll go, Oh my God, that's what this is from, or this is what that's from, or, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it for that discovery process. Uh, but also in watching it as an adult and not hiding behind a, uh, a box, <laughs> which is never the best way to watch a film, hiding, cowering behind a box is never the best way to go ahead and watch any sort of program. Uh, in watching it the other night, man. Uh, it is fantastic. It it is a perfectly done movie now, and and I always hear that Star Wars uh, may have invented the summer blockbuster. You know, I, I I always heard Star Wars. I've heard Jaws too. Everybody's like, well, Jaws was Jaws invented the summer blockbuster, and then Star Wars, you know, totally changed the game in '77 because it fucking blew the doors off everybody. But but and look, I I recognize Star Wars was unlike anything that had been seen before. And, uh, and everybody went crazy for it. Um, but, but man, Jaws is done so perfectly. You, you see the template for so many other good and bad movies to come. The, the good guys being hunted trope, the it's, it's, it's insane. And it's done, dude, here's how perfect this movie is music. First of all, John Williams score is amazing. All right. Even the, because the, the underrated part is that, you know, you always hear that. It's, it's genius how great it is. Uh, but also there's, there's a part in the, in that actual, you know, when it starts to get going, 
and there's these, I don't know if it's flutes, but it goes, and it's not just about the fucking cello, man, the, the flutes and stuff that are in there. And then the wink, 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 it's, it's an unbelievably perfect score. And I, I want to know, like, there's got to be a book on John Williams that explains how he came up with these things. Did he see Jaws and then write the music to it? Did they tell him what was going to be in it and he had the script and he just kind of came up with it? Because I don't know if there is a better marriage of score and subject matter than Jaws. I really don't. I know the Imperial March is amazing, and I know it's also John Williams, and his Star Wars stuff is incredible. I know Danny Elfman's done unbelievable work, and Hans Zimmer and all of these dudes do amazing stuff. I mean, fucking Dark Knight has really amazing music in it. But my God, the 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 perfect marriage between Jaws and its score is is something to behold. It's it's just the way it unfolds, and when it when it's it's always there too. That's the thing. It's just kind of there's there's a scene. Where Chief Brody, uh, he has he he's helping somebody on the beach, and then he looks out toward the water, and it plays this this drifting, ethereal, kind of almost floating music, and it's but it's also ominous because he's looking out at the water, realizing that's where his enemy is, and he's just and and it's so ludicrous to be like, oh, there's a man, he's angry at a shark, and look at him staring at the ocean. But that's exactly what it is. And you buy every fucking second of it when you watch the movie. What a celebration it was for me to watch this movie, man. I'm telling you, it is like I didn't realize that because I, I knew that the movie opens with shark stuff. OK, but what I didn't realize is that the next thing of shark stuff is is only like 15 minutes later. So you're you're 18 minutes into the movie and you've got heavy, heavy shark stuff. Uh, and then there's there's a scene that sets up stuff that happens later. And then Hooper shows up, who's Richard Dreyfus, and uh, and the, and the first hour is all set on Amity Island, where they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. There's shark attacks. How do we get out of here? What do we got to figure out? The the tension with the mayor and the beaches, and what are we what's going to happen, and who's going to be killed if anybody? Uh, and then the people go to try to catch the shark, and everybody's it's, there's a lot of comic relief and funny stuff. And then the movie's two hours long and right at the one hour mark, right at the one hour mark, they, they make the decision where they leave the, uh, the beach and they go on the ocean, they go into the water. And then the, the next hour is on the Orca. It's on Quint's boat. Just, just to, it's, it's almost as if it's two perfect separate movies. Well, the first hour sets everything up on land, and then the second hour is the chase. The second hour is is the, uh, the, the you know the hunt, if you will. And oh my god, dude, I I was just so blown away watching it. I because I my memories of it are through my fingers. Uh, you know, behind a popcorn box, being terrified and scared and not fully understanding. All I remember was the greatest hits, the thing that scared the hell out of me. I remember the the raft and the blood. I remember there's another uh, someone's in a boat. I mean, and I remember there's a there's a couple of funny bits, and I don't want to give them away. But man, and I know you're like, well, Mike, you can spoil the movie. It came out in 1975, but you know what? I don't want to. I want you to watch it and and find the joy I found. I want you to go ahead and and watch it. If you haven't seen it, you know, in in whatever how many years, just settle in and give yourself over and look at it with a with a critical eye. Look at it from the because you know we we all are influenced now and we all know what we love and what we don't love as we're adults. 
And, uh, and you know, you can respect filmmaking in a certain way. Like I, I talked about during the pandemic, I, I kept returning to certain movies over and over. I, I watched The Departed five or six times. I, I watched Michael Clayton five or six times. I just, I would just throw it on. So I had it on because it's, it's, I watched The Nice Guys uh, uh, probably three times, three or four times because they're just, they're like the best music. They're, they're perfect. And I love them so much. And, and that's, that's what Jaws now, you know what I will, Jaws now is in the rotation. I will watch it again. I'd watch it again tomorrow. It was just so fantastic to watch it and, and to see it from, from in, in my adult eyes, someone who, who, oh, and I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like four times. You know what I mean? I just, I just, there were movies that I returned to that I, I just over and over during the pandemic because you wanted to wrap yourself in them because you wanted to lose yourself in them because, uh, it was, it was, it was comfort food of the highest order and watching Jaws, man, and being able, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I, I will never forget what it was like to watch it when I was younger, but to be able to see it now as I'm older and see it through my adult eyes without any sort of lingering or lasting trauma or, or not being, you know, cause you know, when I, it was funny, I was telling somebody the other day. Uh, you know, when I saw Psycho, uh, I couldn't take a shower without the without having the curtain open for the next month. And I mean, I I would literally have to put two towels on the floor because I would take a shower. I mean, I was eleven when I saw Psycho. <laughs> there was, I think I think this entire this entire show is a cautionary tale warning you to please have parental supervision in your homes. Don't don't drift off and think that your kids are going to be fine. Uh, maybe keep an eye on them. You know what I mean? Or at least, you know what? If you're going to watch Psycho, watch it with them and then explain it to them. Don't laugh at them when they throw popcorn all over a stranger. You know what I mean? Make sure they know that the guy with the knife is it's not real. Uh, but Psycho is another one that when I was a kid, because again, I'm 10. 10 or 11, I, it fucking terrified me to the point where I would take showers, but I would have to, I would have to have the shower curtain open and I would, I would face out almost, which is, you know, that's terrifying for anybody who walks into the goddamn bathroom and I'm fucking naked staring at them, but I would not, I would not close the shower curtain. I would not close the shower curtain because he, he's going to get me, you know, he's out there, man. And, uh, you're not thinking rationally as a kid. All you remember is wee, 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 and the wig and the face and oh my fuck. And then the blood going down the drain. And I was like, nope, that's, that's fine with me. So I would get in trouble because I would use I mean, my mom be like, why are you using so many fucking towels? And I was like, well, because I don't want to fucking close the shower curtain. So the shower is going and, and water's going fucking everywhere, but I don't care because Jesus Christ, I shouldn't have seen this fucking movie and it's going to live inside me forever. Uh, but I, I didn't have the relationship to psycho that I did with jaws. I mean, jaws is, I, I think about when I was a kid and what happened. And I think about the, I, I, I can still smell popcorn and hear the laugh of everybody in the theater as the tension was released because I threw all that popcorn in the air. Isn't that amazing? Watching that movie brought it all back. That's 46 years ago. And, and I can feel it and smell it like it was yesterday. That's incredible. You know, I always say that nostalgia and pussy run the world. And, you know, though, though, I, though I may be woefully without one of them for the time being, I will absolutely never run out of the other.
You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, you know, I'm on Instagram and Snapchat and uh, and also, what's the other one? TikTok? Yeah, I'm on that one too. At Mike40YOB. So remember, be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And also follow me at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok at Mike40YOB. Yeah, you won't be sad you did. Because mainly for the part that I never bother you. <laughs> I'm never I'm never in any of those places. So you won't you won't regret it because you will never know that you did it. You'll push a button and never think of me again because I never bother anybody on any of those platforms. Uh, but God, let's juice those numbers. Why not follow me? Right? Sure. Uh, I, I you know what? I'll throw this out there, and I've said it in the past, but it's because but then nobody's followed me. So here's what I will say: If you follow me on Snapchat this week, or not, or, all right, I'll say Snapchat, or I'll say TikTok. How about that? Because I've never done a TikTok. Okay. So if somebody out there follows me and they tell me, hey man, I just followed you on Snapchat or I just followed you on TikTok. Snapchat will let me know. I don't know if TikTok does or they don't. But uh but if you follow me, I will send you a Snapchat of some kind. I know it won't be uh it won't be gross. It won't be a weird thing. But I'm traveling, so who knows where it could be. It could be in an airport. It could be in in Chicago. It could be in Cicero. It could be in Mexico's house. Who knows? So if you follow me on Snapchat this week, um I will I will absolutely send you a Snapchat, a greeting, uh, a fine how do you do. But if you follow me on TikTok, uh, will that prod me into making my very first TikTok? It just might. I, I don't I don't want to say it will or it won't, but why don't you follow me and take the chance and then let me know, hey, Mike, guess what? I'm your new Snapchat follower or TikTok follower, whatever the fuck, and I will send you a, a happy, jaunty note or perhaps a solemn... Uh, <laughs> horribly bleak note what if i did that what if i sent you some what if i just read an obituary out of the newspaper what if i bought a newspaper wouldn't that's that's enough you know what let's put it this way if you're sending me something on tiktok and i buy a newspaper i think that's worlds colliding and i will send so i will rip the space time continuum and this entire planet will fucking eat itself because there's just i can't have a newspaper and a tiktok in the same day it just doesn't work you're not supposed to do that but reach out to me on any or all of those platforms I'm there. Hold on. Yawn. Fuck. Uh, thanks to our buddy KC. He's a good guy. And uh, thanks to Ryan. He's also a good guy. You know, our good friend David Hernandez does a bunch of amazing things. You can be his friend at Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. And when you're there, you can go ahead and join his closed group. What's that? Yes, he has a closed group. It's called This is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. Exploring the foibles of the world. Why wouldn't you do that? Don't you want to look at foibles? Of course you do. So, uh, so go ahead and check out foibles with him, uh, check out the group where they, where he's controlling the internet and you're all laughing at all the stupid people in the world. It's great. Uh, while you're his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, go ahead and look at his artwork, uh, and say, oh, wow. Cause he used to, he used to do a bunch of artwork for me and you can see those, I think still on display. You can see artwork he's done for other people. You can see the Mex memes he's created. The man's a very busy gentleman. So you can see all of that stuff in his, uh, in his, when you become his friend, first of all, and then you'll see it in his artwork or his photos or wherever it's all stored. You'll check it out and you'll love it. Um, and if that's not enough, uh, get this, the man has a podcast. What? Yes. Are you familiar with podcasts? Let me tell you a little about them. They're like, they're like bite-sized radio. They're like radio programs that have broken loose from their tether and sprinted off into the distance. And the program director's like, get back here. Yeah. And then he sends out the posse to kind of wrangle them, but they're never able to. And then the podcast lives off the fat of the land. That's what it is. 
It's a spoken word medium that's not quite radio, not quite television, and not quite an answering machine message, but it's a little of all of those things. It's very much, it's a radio show, but also an answering machine message. That's, uh, that was the pitch for podcasting. And, uh, and now our friend David has one, which is amazing. You should check it out. Uh, it's called the Flem Cat Podcast. What's that? The Flem Cat Podcast. That's four words. But Flem Cat is two words, so you know. It's Flem, P-H-L-E-G-M, Cat, C-A-T. The Flem Cat Podcast is available right now wherever you get your better podcasts. Spotify, I believe possibly at sprout is that a place i don't know uh go to the itunes podcast space or the itunes store whatever they're calling it these days you'll be able to download that there and you'll be able to check out his uh his crazy tales of fish his his stories his legendary stories about my godson uh and you'll hear music and people singing and it's always him and there's a flange and amazing instrumental work Heavy duty finger picking. The man gets it all done, and you'll want to hear it on the Flemcat podcast. Go subscribe right now and listen to all of them. They're great. Available right now, like I said, wherever you can find your best or better podcasts and download that and bring them with you on our. When you go fishing, you know what? Let's be meta. When you go fishing, bring his podcast and listen to him fishing. It's tales of fishing while you're fishing, which also may rip open the space time continuum, but I'm willing to take that chance. You know why? I can't be blamed for that one. That's on you, dude. You fucking tear open everything because you go ahead and listen to fish while you're fishing. That's that's your problem. I didn't. Uh, I'm I did, I'm erasing this right when I'm done talking. But no, I won't because then you wouldn't hear it. I, it'll go out there. This tape will self-destruct in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. That's long. That's a, that's a lot of wait. It's five seconds. Um, but there you go. The Flimcat podcast is available for you to listen to. It's amazing stuff. It's David and he's getting all sorts of cool ass stuff done. And he's uh, he's just an extremely talented renaissance man of a guy. Check it out. He does great work. And also he has a website. You know, I mentioned that artwork that he used to do for me and the artwork that he has on his Facebook page and the memes and all those kinds of things that he's done. Well, I'll tell you what, you can hire the man to do artwork for you. What? Yes, you can. As, as our friend Barack Obama used to say, yes, you can. No, he'd say, yes, we can. But he, I'm going to say, yes, you can. And I'll tell you, you can hire David. What you need to do is, uh, is you go to his website. Because he will do, look, the guy can work in oil. He can work in watercolors. He'll do your Facebook caricature. He'll do a small painting. He'll do a mural. Whatever you want him to do, the guy's going to do it. You want, you want a recipe for potato salad? You got it, king. Uh, would you like to know his mom's secret recipe for guacamole? He's got that that he'll give to you. Uh, some of this might not be true, but who cares? You can always ask him just to see what he says. Cause, uh, he's always fun to talk to when you're asking him things he doesn't want to know about. <laughs> he always suffer fools. Well, suffers fools. Well, uh, all right. So there you go. Look him up and, uh, and make sure that you're, you're listening to his podcast. You're checking out the artwork and you can hire him at the website art by DMH.com. That's a R T B Y D M H.com. Cassander, Moritmo, Ia Cassander, Donde este Zapatoria, Ia Cassander, Lave los manos, Ia Cassander, Muy bueno. <laughs> That's all I got, buddy. All my Spanish is off bathroom walls. Although, where, where, what bathroom wall said Muy bueno? Mine. Why would a bathroom wall ask me where the shoes, the hat store was? Dude, you, know, shoe store? you know this, you know, um. You're on a Spaniard kick. You got to change your evil ways. Greg Jennings. 
Is that a guy? Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the dudes. He's got a clean You got to on. change your evil ways. Greg Jennings. You got to stop being such a dick to us. Greg Jennings. Back off. I mean it. I'm, there's a line in the sand to you, Greg Jennings. Get out of my face. <laughs> Give me some space to breathe. There's an inch. There's an inch between you and me right now. Jaw to jaw. You want none of me, Jennings. Wow, you're mean. You're mean to the people. <laughs> Give me money so I can make fun of you. Well, don't just uh, think I have those sponsors from the co-op. No, 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 no. I've got other sponsors as well. First of all, let's talk about the Misfit Toys co-op. I've got a co-op. Uh, it's me. It's uh, Jimmy Pardo at Never Not Funny. It's uh, Doug Benson at Doug Loves Movies. It's Todd Glass at the Todd Glass Show. It is Jen Kirkman at No Fun with Jen Kirkman. And it's Jonah Ray at Let Me Watch Your Movie With You by Jonah Ray. Uh, maybe I'll watch Jaws with Jonah Ray. Maybe I'll watch Jaws with Doug. Maybe I'll watch Jaws with Jen. And then we'll call the podcast Jaws with Jen. Let's, you know what? Wouldn't that be great? Every week we watch podcast or not watch podcast. Every week we watch Jaws and we record a podcast. Let's let's all ask Jen if she wants me to do that. Don't do that. Don't bother the poor girl. She's very busy uh, uh, putting out eight million fucking things of content a week and shaming me every goddamn time I look at it um, because she's incredibly talented and super funny and uh, I'm a fan. So. But I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op. I'm honored to be part of that. Go check out those other shows. Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo, Matt Velnap, and the gang. Our friends Elliot and Garen are along for the ride and along with a guest. Doug Loves Movies. It's Doug Benson and usually that little guy from Freaks and Geeks. Todd Glass Show. That's Todd and Symbols and Crazy Whistles. It's more like a Spike Jones show, but Todd uh, is, the, is the crazy ringleader. Again, no fun with Jen Kirkman, where Jen's just so prolific and uh, and funny and talented. And Let Me Watch Your Movie With You by Jonah Ray is out there. Jonah just going knocking on doors and asking people to throw watch movies with him. Seems like a weird thing, but you know what? Enough people let him in that he's got a podcast out of it. Uh, so check them all out. Misfit Toys Co-op. I'm proud to be a part of it. And uh, we have other sponsors, too, like Real. Oh, well, you, you heard the commercials. I don't know what we just sold you. Uh, some sort of shoe. Is there an underpant? Is that what just sold you? Uh, well, now I'm going to tell you this. I have a, uh, I have a sponsor of my own. That's right. I, I break off from the co-op for this one because this gentleman has been a part of my life for quite a long time. Been part of this show. It's our great friend, Fearful Jesuit and the Paranoid Strain podcast. What? Yes, that's right. It exists. And, uh, and he loves that I talk about it and he wants you to know about it. And I want you to know about it because it's amazing work. It's fucking good stuff. You should download right now. Go subscribe to it in the iTunes store, in the uh, podcast space. And again, wherever everything else is, uh, what did I say? Sprout sprout might be a joint, uh, carrot blueberry. There's all sorts of hosts and things like that. And I'm sure they're all carrying shows, but you can find these podcasts in all of those fine places including the paranoid strain. That's very important. You must download because here's the thing. All right. This week it's paranoid strain secret societies. Uh, part eight, the Ocho is in your face, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you're thinking to yourself, well, I couldn't possibly listen to episode eight without hearing the first seven. You're exactly right. So download the first seven and listen to them because they are compelling and gripping and they demand your attention. You'll hear about the, the Cathars and the Templars and all sorts of idiots, swords, uh, and a lot of kissing of butts. It's, it's, uh, it's sexy. So you, what you want to do is do that so you can get primed and ready for Secret Society's Part 8. Uh, and so, again, this is part of a whole. You have to listen to all of the episodes. But, uh, but if, look, if you're a weirdo, that was a weird hiccup. If you want to, if you want to be uh, the guy who listens to just Episode 8, good for you. That's whatever you want to do. Because if you're so excited to hear Episode 8, I do not uh, argue with you. Because, again, this is when our friend Fearful Jesuit discusses his uh, admiration and love for uh, author Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code. 
and uh, and by uh, love and admiration, I mean contempt and seething rage he has for Dan Brown. I I don't understand why he's this mad, but he's very angry at this gentleman. And uh, and uh, he look if you listen to it, you'll hear about a leaden, clunky exposition fest. Let me guess what that's describing. If you're t- if I'm telling you how much he hates Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code, you'll hear the phrase leaden, clunky exposition fest. What do you think that's about? What do you think syntactic swill is about? Huh? What do you think cacophonous banality is describing? I- I'm I'm giving you all of them. Jesus Christ, uh, leaden, clunky exposition fest, syntactic swill, cacophonous banality. Now, didn't this thing make like? Eight hundred billion dollars. I and I look, and that doesn't that doesn't measure quality. Certainly, we know this, but uh, but me thinks that perhaps uh, our good friend Jesuit protested too much. Um, at least that's what I thought. Until he started playing ske- uh, uh, like scenes from the movie, and I I don't know. How did this make all this money? I, I don't have any fucking clue. I, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to fucking five minutes of it, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, how do you make Tom Hanks bad? Let me ask you this. How do, how do you make Tom Hanks bad? There's a scene he plays, and it's Tom Hanks, and it's uh, Audrey Tattoo from an Amelie, and Ian McKellen, who is always uh, stentorious, and uh, and they're discussing Jesus, and and there's these, these weird... I, I don't know, man. The, the fucking... Like Mary might have had a baby, but but also Jesus fucked Mary, and that's where the baby came from. And also the Holy Grail might be a person. Is that is that what I've heard from this fucking thing? And they keep it's so funny. Ian McKellen explains something, and then out of nowhere, fucking Tom Hanks will go. Wait a minute, what you really mean is? And then they have another argument, and they keep just digging and digging and digging, and nothing is good. It's just them constantly repeating fucking dialogue that makes no fucking sense. And I'm like, what is? That's just fucking outrageously bad. And I'm listening to it and I'm starting to understand, you know, I, you know what I'm in my head, I'm listening to it and I go, you know what? This is a leaden clunky exposition fest. That can't be argued. I, I, there is certainly syntactic swill about, I, I wish there wasn't such cacophonous banality involved in this film clip, but there was, uh, I also heard about this. He, he mentioned that people would get baptized near death. There's another thing that's, I don't know if this is right from the, if he made it up or it's in the book or whatever the fuck, but, uh, <laughs> it's it's apparently people would they'd live it's a perfect scam they would live like fucking assholes right they'd be pagans and then right at the end of their life they would get baptized so they could walk into heaven clean and they'd be like hey uh, you know nothing for me today thanks and they would just walk by with their you know smelling like fuck they just took a shower and holy water and everybody be like oh good i'm glad that guy's here not realizing that he fucked a bunch of kids and murdered a bunch of dogs but somehow he gets into heaven because he got baptized on his deathbed fuck all that man what a trick uh, and then, you know, I will tell you this. We also get the, we also get Dr. Ehrman involved and Dr. Ehrman is not a, a Dr. Ehrman is an author and a scholar. And I will tell you this. I, I learned this from listening to this. Uh, an angry Dr. Ehrman is a dangerous Dr. Ehrman. You don't, you don't want this, uh, coming to life. You don't want Dr. Ehrman on your bad side. Please avoid Dr. Ehrman at all costs, particularly when he's an angry gentleman, because he is ready to let everybody fucking have it. He is just a Gatling gun of anger. And, uh, Fun to listen to, but at the same time, he is, uh, and I, but after hearing the film clip, I can't blame the fucking guy. It's just, it's just a mess. Um, then at the end, he brings out another guy to talk to, which makes, all right, now look, I don't mean to be mean. Uh, you know, Jesuit's got a bunch of like met these scholarly friends and, and some of them are used to being on microphones and some of them are not. I don't know where he finds these clips, YouTube or whatever the fuck, but there's some dude named Conrad Bauer 
who I enjoyed as the father on different strokes. I, that, that can't be argued. But as far as his biblical scholarly bullshit, uh, I gotta be, I couldn't focus on anything the guy was saying because I don't know if he's a man or a robot. I don't know where this voice came from. I don't know if he was talking through a flange. He, he was trying to disguise. Like I, the only takeaway I got was here's the two takeaways I got from this episode. Now, like you'll, you'll get a bit different takeaways because there's all sorts of information, but the two takeaways are, uh, that, that certainly the Da Vinci code is a leaden clunky exposition fest. And that's my own decision. I'm glad that, uh, Jesuit phrased that for me. So I went, what is this? This is reminds me of something. As I listen to it, I go, fuck, this is a leaden clunky exposition fest, of course. But also, I discovered this. The other thing I learned from this episode is that uh, Conrad Bauer is in the witness protection program. I, I, he doesn't want to be discovered. I don't know who, what happened. I don't know what crime he's committed. Is he being chased by the Opus Day? I don't know. But uh, but when you hear his voice, it just it sounds like uh, you know he sounds like not even a joke. He sounds like fucking um, Paulie's robot in Rocky Three. <laughs> Rocky, when Paulie buys a robot, Paulie, and he just fucking, that's what Conrad Bauer sounds like. And, uh, and it's disconcerting. And this, this is a guy who's supposed to be a biblical scholar, but apparently he, he, you know, imagine that guy wandering into a confession booth. I am really sorry, doctor. Whoa, whoa. He's there, cancer Joe. Put your fucking flange down, man. The cops aren't here. They're not going to discover your true identity. Jesus Christ. Identity? Identity? I don't know. Identity. I just, I was thinking about church and it popped into my head. So go get the Paranoid Strain. It's a fantastic episode. Again, he finally lets loose both barrels on our friend Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code, and you should hear it. Uh, the Paranoid Strain is available in all of the iTunes spaces. You want to write him an email? You can. Strain at gmail.com. Strain at gmail.com. Go ahead and send him a note. And uh, and also, you can reach out to him No, just that way. Oh, you can leave a review in the iTunes store. <laughs> That's not really reaching out to him, but you can uh, leave a review and say how much you love the show and you love me. Why not mention me in there? Because it's all about me. Send him a note. Tell him you love me. You love Dana Unicorn. Oh, she's feisty in this particular show. I don't want to go into it, but oh, she'll make you think. Uh, and it's fantastic. Go check it out. It's really good stuff. The Paranoid Strain Secret Societies Part 8 is available now in the iTunes podcast space or wherever your finer podcasts are developed and sold. Want to give me some money? Of course you do. Hire me for Cameo. Uh, it's too late for the 4th of July, but if somebody's got a birthday coming up or uh, what is it? Flag day, but it was Canada day. I don't know. Fucking hire me for something, man. I'm available at cameo right now. It's bookcameo.com, or you can just download the cameo app to your phone. Look me up and I'll leave some shouty nonsense for somebody you're related to or somebody you love or you hate. That's, that's who I am. I will, I will go ahead. I am not discerning. I am not going to say, oh no, I couldn't possibly do that. No, I will say, absolutely. I will do that immediately. Happy to do it for you. Whatever you need me to do. Uh, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, if you look in the upper right-hand corner of every page, you'll see a little uh, horn boy there. There's a little uh, Schmitty horn boy. Click on that. It says donate, and then you can send me some PayPal stuff if you want to do that and keep this show afloat, because I would love it. And now you're like, well, didn't you just buy a fucking television? <laughs> yeah, I did. I bought a television and some shoes. Jesus Christ, bust my fucking balls already. Uh, but it's still, if you kept the show afloat, that would be even grander, wouldn't it? And then I could buy another television in 30 years when I'm almost dead. Uh, bury me in this gigantic television I just bought. Go to PayPal. Uh, we, well, you don't have to go to PayPal. Like I said, you can go to uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Click on the little guy. It'll take you right to PayPal. And you can send me, you can do a monthly thing where you send me something every month. Although I got to be honest, that's dwindling. There's only a few people who still do that. Or you can send me a one-time uh, deal. 
Send me a one-time parachute of cash. That's pretty cool of you to think of me. Thank you so much. Keeps me afloat. Keeps the show going. Keeps me uh, on my toes. Keeps me ready, willing, and able. Keeps me frosty. Keeps me uh, uh, (laughs) ready to go. Jesus. Uh, So do that. Go to MikeSpringComedy.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner of the little horn boy and donate something to the show, won't you? And you can become a patron of this show at Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Patreon at uh, Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Become someone who gives to the show. Uh, Is there stuff coming in the future? Well, yes, I've promised that over and over, and you're all very kind to stick around and hope, just like me, as we cross our fingers and go, yes, something cool will happen, won't it? Of course it will. I think it will, certainly. Patreon.com slash Mike40BioB. Become a patron of the show, and it's fucking great. You should do that. Did you know I've got channels that you can visit? I do. I've got YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can go ahead and become a member over there. Look, just like I do is follow. You don't have to give me any money on YouTube. If you want to, you can. But uh, YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy has all of the archives of this show, as well as other stand-up stuff and other nonsense that you can check out. And uh, Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy is where I stream games and also stream chats and all sorts of different things. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy is available for you to go and follow and or subscribe. You can actually send me money on there, or you can just do an Amazon Prime subscription which gets me five bucks. Thank you for thinking of me. That's pretty cool. I will tell you this. I will be off. Uh, I will not be on twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Not playing games anyway. I won't be playing any games on there for uh, 10 days. I think I'm out of town. Uh, Nine days, something like that. Um, eventually I'll be back on there playing games, but right now what you're going to see right now, if you go there right now, if you tune in to, to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy and follow the channel, uh, during the week I'm in Chicago, I will go live at some point. I'll either be in Zanies, I'll be in the green room or I'll be, um, I won't be on stage. That won't be a thing. Although I'll tell you about more about that in a second, but you will see me uh, in the green room. You will find me at Mex's house. I'll be in the car, wherever I can go on Twitch and talk to all of you, whomever wants to show up and say hi. And they will be quick hitters. I won't be keeping you for two hours. I won't be doing any of that. Perhaps I can convince Mex to join me for a chat. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, but I would, I would like that very much. If you guys were to go ahead and to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, follow me on there. You can, uh, like I said, I play video games. I won't won't be doing that for about nine days, but I will be doing some just chatting and it'll be from exotic locations, perhaps a Portillo's, perhaps, uh, perhaps a salad house, perhaps a, the river walk in Naperville. Who knows? Perhaps the gym. Maybe I'll bring you guys to the gym. Either way, when I'm on the road, I will be keeping you abreast of what's going on. And I will be talking to every single one of you through the twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy channel. Why not follow and subscribe right now, man? What the fuck? What are you waiting for? It costs nothing. All right, to follow it costs nothing, but if you subscribe, it costs you something. But if you subscribe with Amazon.prime, it costs Bezos, and that guy doesn't need any more goddamn money. So why wouldn't you go ahead and take $5 out of his pocket and put it in mine? Keep me afloat, man. I don't want to go under. Uh, I keep saying that like I'm going to go on like I'm in real danger. I mean, I, look, who knows? You never know what's going to happen. Everything's going to change eventually. And the whole planet's in danger. We know this. You look outside. Like I said, there's a fucking fiery hole in the ocean. Who saw that coming? Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. So go ahead to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Follow the channel. Possibly subscribe. If you would, that'd be great. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and do that, too. That'd be cool. Why not? And uh, and now I'm off, man. Uh, by the time you hear this, I'll be in a fucking plane. Uh, I might even be in Chicago by the time you hear this. I, you know what? Fuck it. I could be dead by the time you hear this. Honestly, I don't know when you're going to listen to it. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but one last time, I will let you know that I am in Zanies. I'm at Zanies in Rosemont, Illinois this week. 
Uh, I'm there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's the seventh, uh, eighth, and no, the what is that the eighth, ninth, and tenth? I think it is. Um, no, the ninth, tenth, and eleventh. No, what did Jesus fucking Christ? Hold on, what's the, I don't even know what today is. I don't. Uh, I'm there Thursday. I think it's the eighth, ninth, and tenth off the top of my head. All right, so I'm there. Th- whatever. I'm there Thursday through Friday of this week. I believe it's July eighth, ninth, and tenth. Tickets are still available, but I do think we're going to do okay. We sold we sold a, a decent amount of tickets. I hope you can join us if you're. I know people are coming from all over to see Lenny because they love Lenny and they've seen him on ships and things like that. And people are going to come see me. I know I've got some people coming from Rhode Island to come and check me out. That's pretty cool. Jill and Sal and, and a few other people might be coming, but it's, it's really, it's going to be Lenny's show. I'm just kind of tagging along to try to get my sea legs back on stage. Uh, but I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I, I told you last week I was worried and, and, uh, I've had a couple, I actually had a couple of outings, uh, stand up outings. I can't. Well, I didn't do stand up, but I went places, and I'll tell you about those in the future. <laughs> because there's no point in going into it now. But the point is, I'll be at Zany's the eighth, ninth, and tenth. But also, I just found this out. I'll be at Zany's on Wednesday the seventh as well, and that Lenny will be live streaming on uh, on I don't know if it's YouTube or Facebook or whatever. But uh, I'll, I'll let you know either through Twitch or I'll post it on the in the fan club page. But you can see my set from uh, from Wednesday night, whether whether I do well or bomb or whatever the fuck's going to happen. Who knows? Hopefully it goes well. But you can check out my set online uh, live if you want to on Wednesday night, the 7th. I don't know if it'll be archived after that. I don't know how Lenny's handling it. Like I thought, because I wasn't sure exactly what was happening. He was said we were doing the podcast and, and he asked a bunch of comics to come. So I thought everybody was going to do a set and then sit down and be interviewed. But what I think Lenny's doing is I think he's hosting and he's going to MC the thing and he's going to bring up comics and we're all going to do like, you know, eight to 10 minutes and, uh, and there will be no interview. It's just going to be a live stream of the comedy at Zany's, which is great. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. But at the same time, I, in my brain, I'm like, oh man, I don't want to fucking die on stage in front of people at Zany's and in front of people on the, on the fucking internet. But at the same time, you know, what the fuck? I, I, I got to grow out of this bullshit. Cause I, I, there are parts of me where I'm just like, oh no, I don't know what's going to be happening. I don't know. And then there's parts of me, you know, that where I'm like, I'm the fucking talent. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm going to crush this fucking place, man. I'm going to fucking leave it in ruins. And, and I like that part of me when he shows up, but, uh, he doesn't come around so much anymore. Unfortunately, he goes at, you know why? I'll tell you what, you know where that guy is hiding behind a popcorn box. <laughs> The other guy, he's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to do good and who knows. And will people like this? And I don't know. I shouldn't. Why do I say anything? I don't think anybody's going to like it. And then there's the part of me who's like, you know what? Fuck that, man. I'm just going to swing my dick around and fucking destroy these people because I'm the goddamn talent. Nobody could confine on my title. Nobody can handle my fucking title at all. And uh, and that but that guy's hiding behind a popcorn box half the fucking time. I got to lose this popcorn box. I got to fucking ring it out and then this get this guy in the foreground. Lose the other guy. Right. I got to be the fucking guy who's like, no, this is going to be fucking great. I'm going to fucking destroy. And also it's 10 minutes. Who the fuck can't do 10 minutes this fucking show is an hour or whatever the fuck man i can't do 10 minutes on stage then kill me and i know it's a different animal because this is just me babbling and talking whatever the fuck and i told you last week my buddy jack had a great thing where he said hey man they're not coming to see stand-up they're coming to laugh and i can do that i can make fucking people laugh now am i trying to say this to convince myself i, I wouldn't say that really i'm, I'm convinced because i'm fucking funny i know i am i've been doing this for 13 fucking years and you guys are still there god damn it you've been here through all of my bullshit and my fucking maybe missing a deadline or two or 
30 or whatever the fuck. And I appreciate it. And it's fucking great. And it's time to seize the fucking day. Right? Like even last week when I told you, it's like, this is it as far as losing weight. Well, this is it as far as stand up. I'm what am I, am I going to get a chance at 60? No, if I can do it, I need to fucking do it. I need to do it right now. And I know you're so tired of this little engine that could fucking speak. Cause I'm just as tired of fucking giving the goddamn thing. But you know what? Fuck that man. I'm making it happen. We're going to be in Zanies this week, the eighth, ninth and 10th. They're going to be great shows. The seventh is Wednesday. I'll do 10 minutes. So you can watch online and check it out on Money's YouTube or whatever the fuck. And it's going to be great. I'm excited. Aren't you excited? Podcast! Podcast!